He's my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media minded entrepreneurs. And you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have a very special guest today who goes by a, a firsty lassie is what we used to say in high school, a Becca Booker, because you know certain people from high school. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you have to say their whole first name and their last name. It has to be a firsty lassie. So firsty lassie, Becca Booker, also owner of Homie Social. Um, Becca, welcome to the podcast. Greetings. I love your little intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to throw it in there. There's a handful of people I know still from like college, even like elementary school who are firsty lassies. I don't Maybe that's not just like my high school that it would say it like that, firsty lassies. I had never heard that, but I knew exactly okay. what you meant when you said it. Yeah. It's also funny how now we call people by their Instagram handles. Uh-huh. I get that a lot. Do you do this too? Yeah. See, you probably get V-books all the time, huh? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Great. So tell anybody who maybe missed the Instagram portion of this interview who you are, what you do, and who you help. Lovely. Okay. So my name is Becca Booker. I'm the owner of Homemade Social, and we are a boutique social media marketing agency that helps to create an online presence for awesome digital brands. We, in addition to organic social media management, we do paid social media ads, email marketing, influencer marketing, a little bit of blogs. Like we try and have a holistic approach to digital marketing in general. Um, And we work with lifestyle brands, consumer packaged goods, a handful of service-based businesses, but mainly they just have to be a cool brand in order to work with us. (laughs) Heck yeah. That's in my disclaimer too. has to be brag worthy. Like I want people talking about you And other people, like everybody's bragging about you. That's the my qualifier. So I get that completely, completely. Well, in the break between Instagram and now the podcast portion, we were talking about where we were feeling stuck with Instagram. And we both have like pretty decent following on Instagram. And we also run Instagram for brands. And it was great to hear that you're struggling with a lot of things I was struggling with, which is mostly pertaining to reels. So let's get back into that conversation and talk about kind of where we're stuck and what we wish was different maybe about like our social media approach. Yeah. So I think like the hot topic for almost the last year has been reels, right? But where I am very frustrated and you were saying this too, one, we got analytics to them really, really late. And two, there just like doesn't seem to be great communication coming from like the Facebook, Instagram side of things on like how things are even working and where they're taking things. And maybe that's like the whole point behind, you know, they want to be mysterious and don't want people to know the plan. But it's really hard to like guide clients and client expectations when we're driving kind of blind. Um, There's definitely like some trust the process. (laughs) Yeah, or just kind of throw the spaghetti to the wall and see what sticks. Uh huh. 100%. There's a lot of experimentation going on. And I think, you know, everybody likes to get upset about like the big bad algorithm and get really frustrated with not getting reach, which is kind of a two pronged problem, in my opinion. It's like, yes, you're like at the victim or you're at the, the mercy of Instagram and how they decide to push out your content, but you still have to have quality content. Yeah. So how do you how do you bridge that gap with like a client that you're taking on or a project you're working on where it's like, okay, yes, you're frustrated this didn't perform, but like this isn't this isn't the best stuff that you could be putting out there. 
Right. And um, that's hard too, especially for entrepreneurs who are really invested in their brand. And like, you know, it's hard to be like, hey, what we're doing isn't working. Like, what can we be doing? And usually in order to get to a place where it is working, more work has to come from them. Like people need to see your face. People need to um, see the behind the scenes of the business. And I can't provide that for you. You know, like I can give you guidelines on how to send that to me and how to create that. But it, there definitely has to be like a solid working relationship between social and just like the head of the company. Absolutely. And that the business needs to be personal. I think that that's probably for a good thing, right? Because if everybody farmed out their social to someone who wasn't in the day-to-day of their business, then it would be really hard to understand like how and why the business even exists in the first place. Mm-hmm. Especially I think for service-based entrepreneurs, but even our, our product-based clients, like when we look at the analytics, it's always the meet the founder post that performs really well because it's that personal story, that personal connection that people feel yourself and your persona is pretty tied to your brand, um, homemade social. So like, how do you bridge that gap between being like CEO founder and business profile? So on my personal Instagram, especially like when COVID hit, a lot of my priorities just like shifted in life, like with the BLM movement and um, just like so many people getting sick last year, I was like, none of what I have to say really matters. <laughs> and like, yeah. I don't really feel that way anymore. Like I definitely think like I had to feel that. And I, my perspective on like social media has changed a little bit, but I was just like, there's so many other problems in the world and so many other important messages. Like I kind of took a step back from my personal social media um, while still, you know, driving head force and full speed ahead with homemade social content and stuff like that. Because especially this time last year, social media managers were like, what the heck can we talk about right now? Like, totally. this was the height of the BLM movement and people weren't sure how to address it and how to communicate brand values. Like there was just a lot of like learning that needed to happen this time last year. But how I keep that separated is on my personal Instagram. I stick to just like more so being my being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, whereas on homemade social, that's where you're getting the social media tips, the relatable social media manager content, like tangible things to save and share. Whereas my profile is just like, you know, the behind the scenes of the day to day of a business. Totally. To your point, there's kind of a double side coin to being a social media manager. And you brought it up at the end of the Instagram live as as far as saying it's only really social media management and sports. And I would even argue to say like politics to a degree, like a public figure, right? Where every bit of your performance is public, like every aspect of how you do what you do well is like documented and visible all the time. So there is this weird flex of like, okay, yes, social media is social, but I've always viewed it as if your business benefits from social media, then you have a responsibility to at least say like where you stand on social issues. Because like that's kind of, you know, it is it is how we align ourselves with the brands and the people that we want to support. And I think it, in terms of social justice, it's really important. But I don't know if you saw on TikTok, like all the memes of it's Pride Month and they're like, um, so-and-so engineering company is so excited to celebrate pride. We love the gays. And it's like so forced and it's so awkward because it just doesn't feel genuine. But then, but then what do you, what do you do? You know, like it's really, it can get really tricky. It can get, and it's unfair to social media managers who do not have the support of a trained public relations professional in some instances. Like it's not necessarily, I mean, 
I do think it's a social media manager's job to start the conversation. Like we need to be posting about these things on social, but the messaging should be coming from like a higher level, you know, communications director or PR specialist. Like it can be a little unfair how many hats social media managers are expected to wear. Totally. And the core values conversation, like that can't come from the social media manager. That has to come from the company. And also people are going to sniff you out if you have one point of view on social and another point of view on your behavior. Like if your behavior and your words don't align, people will catch on to that and it will be a turnoff from your brand. I think we saw that a lot with like, um, I know like AOC shares like a bunch of, of resources of like brands that like posted something for Pride Day, but then have donated to like anti-LGBTQ organizations. And it's like, oh, like this is not really okay. So it's kind of, uh, it's interesting to see because it kind of becomes this weird, like, I don't know. I think that, I think the younger generations can sniff it out. I think millennials and Gen Z are very aware of this and they can sniff it out from a mile away. I know you're a big fan of TikTok, as am I. What kind of things do you love about Gen Z and what about Gen Z drives you crazy? Oh God, I don't know if I really like thought about that. Sometimes I feel like Gen Z is a little sensitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like um, even like Gen Xers and Gen or like boomers would say that millennials are very sensitive. Don't you think? Like, yeah, I guess we all just say that. But I just think that they are so, I really appreciate how much they value social justice and social initiative. Like, I'm glad that they hold brands accountable for that. My younger sister is 17. So we have like a 10 year age gap. And so we, we get into, we had like kind of a podcast episode planned where she was going to like quiz me on Gen Z slang to see if I knew it. Um, but my new favorite word is chuggy because I just love chuggy. So tell the people on the podcast, you might not know what chuggy is, what chuggy is. Okay. So chuggy is kind of just like the new word for basic, like the millennial word for basic, just being like overdone or like, Everyone has a like Harry Potter can be considered chuggy. Mm-hmm. Flats or sandals, mm-hmm. chuggy. That's how I would describe it. What about you? Or like rose all day is basic, but like an apérol spritz is chuggy. It's like kind of a whole. That's kind of how I heard it. It's like it's someone who's like someone who's chuggy is like they're aware of what's basic and they're trying to be not basic. It, it's almost try hardy. It's like kind of. It's so funny. I just love, I love all of the back and forth about it. Um, but there's also so many brands that I feel like they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, what is sus, not sus, cat, like all this stuff, which we throw around like crazy at our house. But, but it's so funny to hear how things like shift over time. Because like you said at the beginning, reels didn't even exist this time last year. Like, holy crap, things change fast. In a good way, thank God. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> But I am glad that, like, I think they're a really fun part to Instagram now. Like, they're probably my favorite. Well, maybe stories I probably watch more of. But reels can be really fun. I still love stories also. I think that there's a untapped potential with Instagram of not using all the things. Like, we have a... We have a thread in my Facebook group every like Friday that's kind of like an Instagram or a TikTok audit. It's like comment your Instagram and I'll give you a tip. And what I notice is like people will a lot of accounts only have like feed posts and that's it. And you're like, what are you doing? Like And it's usually because that owner, that face of the company either doesn't have the time or doesn't want to mm-hmm. show up on an IGTV or story or screen. Lizette Calv of Influence of Impact, she actually did a whole story series about this this week where she was like, 
if you're not taking advantage of all the tools that Instagram gives you, you're missing out on a chunk of your audience. Mm-hmm. Like if you're only posting feed posts and never doing stories, or if you're only doing stories and never doing live, if you're only doing live and never doing IGTVs or reels, then you're missing out on this whole audience that's probably already there waiting for what you have to give. It's just not how they use the app. Right. What do you think about that? I definitely think that like Instagram comes out with new features for a reason, usually because they've done some testing that shows that like this new feature keeps people in the app longer so they can make more money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. that's like an incentive to like, hey, we came out with this feature for a reason. You should test it and try it. Right. I constantly have to remind myself that like Instagram is a for-profit business as well. And so it's like, okay, what would be their ultimate goal in rolling out this kind of feature, right? And to your point, like they want to keep you on the app as long as possible. And like in the app, shopping in the app, finding other people in the app, learning things in the app. Uh, What's your typical, like if you just log on to Instagram on any given day from your own account, where are you looking first? Like what's your favorite place, like treasure trove of Instagram? Oh, okay. So it'll be, I'm logged into the homemade social account our explore feed is just like somehow so curated to what I know and love. Like there's inspirational brands there with awesome branding. There's quotes, there's relatability, like everything I want is there. But I would say like from a day to day, if I'm just hopping on, it's like V-Bucks, I'm usually watching stories. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think it's a good mix. I think stories, I always, (laughs) I'm always trying to get a screenshot of like, all the logos I've ever made across on stories. Cause like I follow enough of my clients now. That yeah. <laughs> I'm always like trying like, Ooh, who's got stories up today. I'm like trying to see all my clients stories like lined up. So I'm like always kind of like playing that silly game. So I'm watching stories like, like crazy usually. And there's some people where like, I, I have to watch this. Like I can't miss their stories. So I so look forward to them. So that's one definitely with stories and kind of doing more of the reels feed now, but then I just end up over on TikTok. I find I think TikTok is just such a such a great user experience. Truly. It really is. Like we can't even find trending audio on Instagram right now. It's right? Like, what the heck? Right? I just figured out on Reels how to add a voiceover and a song and play with the audio levels cuz I you couldn't do that for a long time with Reels. I like I mean I love it, but I hate it. Yeah. I love it, but I hate it. And like yeah. why can't we why can't we show what a reel is going to look like to a client? in advance why that. Can't we it's gonna look like on a grid that drives me crazy it's just and because like like you said you have to like stay up to date with trends so mm-hmm. like there's only so much time you really have like if you're going back and forth with a client the longer they take for feedback the more you might be missing that trend <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's also we talked a little bit on the instagram about like client red flags for me, it's a red flag when a client like sees a trend and they're like, we need to do this today. And you're like, okay, but like, this is going to mess up everything that we have planned so far. And you're probably like me, you like to work ahead. Yes. I like to batch out like a whole month and then we figure out, okay, which days can we slot in reels around the rest of the content that like is high quality, like high converting content. Like how are we going to make this all fit? Right. Um, so what are some of the other red flags about like clients or client communications with as in regards to being a social media manager that like, this is a good fit. And this is a giant bouquet of red flags. Like I would never go near it. Right. Uh, I try to get like a feeling for how involved they want to be. Yeah. If they're on either side of the spectrum where like, they don't want to talk to me or they want too much of a say in their social, like I can't work my magic. 
Like right. I need to know what's going on. I need to like I ask for biweekly calls with my clients. But if they go rogue, like I can't. I don't know when you have a sale or a product might be sold out or you know you're booked for a certain service for a while. Like I gotta know these things. Totally. That's a big one. Also, when clients like I try to get, I try to lay these boundaries right up the front. Like office hours nine to five, no texting policy. Like I try to get a feel for that from the beginning. It's hard to do though, because it's hard when there are things as I've even found myself like bending on those rules a little bit. For example, if like a holiday falls on a weekend and they're running promotional sale on a weekend, it's like, okay, yeah, like we'll get the stories up for you and like do some community engagement. And when stuff. are we going to be able to schedule stories automatically? Thank you. That's the other thing. Can we please schedule stories? I, that, like, it's, I feel like some people have this feature. I do not. Or the, there must be a tool you mean within Instagram? Within like stories? Creator Studio. Within Creator Studio. Is Creator Studio the tool that you're using mostly for scheduling? No. Later. Later? We're on later also. Okay. Later though, they know what they're doing. Like I'm impressed by their rollouts of new features. You're right. But like they rolled out TikTok scheduling. You have to, you have to make TikToks in the TikTok app. Like Totally. The other thing... TikTok, if you're listening, I would like the drafts folder to be visible from any login. Because if I'm logged into a client's TikTok and I make a draft, I want them, if they're logged in on their phone, to be able to see the draft of the draft folder. Genius. But you can only see drafts on the phone that you're on. You can't see drafts on a different device. Like, don't you think that these social media companies would want... Like, social media managers are running the show for them. Oh, like, yeah. Why don't they make it easier for us first? <laughs> Very true. Very true. No, it's very true. Let's take a quick break from today's episode to remind you the importance of Reels for your business. We know that Reels is pretty much the only way to get reach, engagement, impressions, really basically to get people to get eyes on your stuff these days when it comes to Instagram. So I've created a Canva Reels training exactly for this reason. You guys know I love Canva. I will always sing the praises of Canva. But what you're probably sleeping on is the fact that you can really make great reels and TikToks with Canva. In this 30-minute training, you'll learn exactly how I make videos with Canva, where to source on-brand free video assets, yes, free, that you can use for your reels, your TikToks, your video content, etc., and really gonna cover the basics of brand video editing and brand storytelling so that you can really make maximum impact with the time that you spend cutting together videos. The Canva Reels training is linked in today's show notes, but it's also available to you at mkwcreative.co slash kiss-my, or you can just search Canva Reels in my website and it'll also come up. So enjoy the training, check it out, let me know what you learned. Would love to hear what you think. Now back to today's episode. Yeah, there's there's little things I'd like to change about all of them. Like for reels, I really want a green screen feature that looks like TikToks because I want to be able to do my brand design in 60 seconds with like the video behind me and myself in the foreground. Definitely preview and feed is something. I feel like some of the stuff is coming though. Like I think it's a patience thing. Um, I'm interested, most interested in recently, and I posted this on my stories yesterday, is if you are a creator account on Instagram and you're signed up for badges, you can earn money on your lives. Do you know this? No. Wait. Okay. Uh, but it, it just like when we were on live, it was like donate. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what it is, is you can do this on TikTok. And they're really, I think, borrowing from like 
Stitcher or not Stitcher, but Twitch and some of the other live streaming platforms where you can monetize your live streams. Um, so for like video game players that like do this, right. And they like make money by going live. So I've been doing lives on my TikTok and live on Instagram when I do logo process, like show the logo process, da da da. And on TikTok, people can send you these little emojis. And you're like, oh, cool. Thanks for sending me like, I don't know, like a rose, like emoji, whatever. But then you go in your creator account and it's like, ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Like there's money in your account now. And it's like cents on the dollar, cents. Like max that I've earned on a live is like eight bucks, right? But like two bucks. On Instagram now, you can do the same thing. They're called badges. So you can purchase badges and it's kind of like a virtual tip jar. So if somebody learned something, they learned a new illustrator hack, they can like throw me a badge and then that ends up as money in my Instagram account. Yesterday, when I clicked to badges, creator, badges, and then I got this notification that's like, go live for 15 minutes and earn a $100 bonus. I was like, 100 bucks? Are you kidding me? So I went live as I presented my local concept to my client and now I have $118 in my Instagram account. Oh my God, that is so cool. So now... Every week, there's a different, mon- they're called badge milestones. There's a different badge milestone in my creator panel. And so the one today, the live that I just hosted with you, it was like, go live with someone for 15 minutes or more, earn $150. I love this. But like, I don't think I could, my clients wouldn't benefit from this. It would be like me. Or like yeah. But it's the type of clients that we work with. True. The difference would be like, I think you truly have to be a creator account. I think I'm on, I'm really on the fence here. Like I am a business, but I'm also a creator. So it's like, I kind of am in both territories, but I was chatting with, with Shine with Natasha and we were kind of messaging back and forth. But now in my, in my, um, if you click on badges, milestones, learn more, it says payouts and bonuses. You'll receive bonus earnings. If you meet the requirements for each milestone, estimated bonus earnings will appear in your post live insights. And it says milestone three, $250 when you go live with batches for at least 15 minutes once a week. That's really cool. I go live once a week on my social. I should do that. Right. right. Wait, but I'm in my creator account. I don't see anything about badges. I don't know that they're totally rolled out yet. This is the thing. And this is the other thing that drives me nuts about Instagram is they'll roll something out to a very small audience no. and then they won't tell you how, why, or when. What do my clients know about reels? And it's like unfair. Right. Right. and we're like we're trying we'd love to <laughs> or not having music or not yeah. having like my likes are still totally visible like why instagram are you trying to roll out so many things without finishing the rollouts of the other stuff that you said you were going to roll out that's always been confusing to me but this is very exciting because like i said on on the instagram portion like i've been doing these live interviews since like lives where you could go live with somebody yeah. else like, beginning of time so it's really nice to like be like oh shit like i can actually monetize this stuff like this is kind of fascinating this is actually a really great idea because like i go live once a week also just providing like free social media tips it'd be nice to make eight dollars from that you know yeah this is buys you coffee also if you haven't if you haven't gotten on buy me a coffee yet you should be doing that okay do you know buy me a coffee uh no i saw it on your website Yes, it's great. It's just like a nice little thing. People who listen to the podcast who like, again, maybe they're not my client or maybe they're also a graphic designer. So I'm not going to be a client of theirs either, but they've learned something and they want to kind of like pay it forward in that way. It's like, it's so easy and it's just right there. And it's like kind of a nice way to, again, like continue to support the creators that you like. And so it, it makes a lot of sense. Like these little micro opportunities like really do add up over time. 
same thing if like if you're an Amazon affiliate, like they'll have like bounties each week. And so they're like, if you promote this specific product in this week, then you get an extra bonus on top of that. I think it's super smart. I love that the apps are doing this. I think it's really motivating as a creator because now I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'll keep going live. Like you want me to get, okay, like, sure. Like you want me to go live? Okay. You want to pay me to go live? feels a little bit weird, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I think they're what they're trying to do here is like take a chunk of like the YouTube monetization space because it's a way to pay creators without having to like take people's ad money. That makes sense. Yeah. It's not involved in ads or brands at all. It's just to the creator. Okay, so what's your hot take on all of these like permissions changing as far as like, do you want this app to track you or not? You know, I'm of the opinion that like, my life is probably better because they know more about me and my is like, but I know a lot of other people feel differently. It does not bug me at all. But that's just like another social media management frustration of mine that like, now it's harder to reach and retarget people because that so i don't know it's like a double-edged sword i prefer as a consumer to take my data like i don't mind (laughs) yeah there's something and i think it's like i think people aren't as privy to how in-depth some of this stuff is and it's been going on for a long ass time there's this book called it's either it's always one of two books i always forget which one it's in it's it's habits why we do what we do in life and business the yellow cover with the red ferris wheel in the front and then there's the other book is called contagious and i I believe it's in the yes they're both great maybe you can help me remember which one talks about this but they talk about the like um the target coupons about how target target hired the statistician to come in and predict when a woman would be pregnant and to be able to send her baby ads based on her target purchases And so he's like, well, that seems a little invasive. And so they did. They collated all of this data. And you'd think that like the indicator of someone being pregnant was that they bought a pregnancy test. Not the case. It was like a combination of a certain type of vitamin, tissues for some reason, something else, a tote bag. There's like some weird statistical combination, like bananas, right? Like these weird things that like all, if they bought all five of these things in like three consecutive trips to Target, that there was like this percentage chance that that person was pregnant. And the story goes that like this dad walks into Target, like so pissed, like blazing hell, like just absolutely out of his tree with the Target coupon in hand being like, how dare you send this to my daughter? She's 14, 15 years old. And it was all these ads for like baby formula, baby strollers, baby stuff, everything. Right. And they're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. Da, da, da. He comes back in a few weeks later and apologizes because his teenager was pregnant. <laughs> and they had taken that data and actually accurately predicted this outcome. Also, I he just like went down to the store like they had anything. Yeah, like they knew anything about it. But the amount of information that we have and the amount of just like sheer data, like every single data point can help to predict someone's behavior. I love it. I'm a nerd for it. But it does feel like a little bit big brothery. I agree. I'm I'm with you on that. Like, I don't really care. that's why I'm always like oh you want to look at my search history like good luck like you want to go through my camera roll it's all photos of my dog like knock yourself out you know I was looking for um I want to plan like a solo trip and I was like starting to research hotels and I was like you know what I should come back to this when I have enough time to like pitch myself as an influencer with my media kit like I'll do this next week next day I wake up and there's an ad that connects influencers as long as you have over like 10k followers with hotels 
that like, and it's not a free stay, but it's like reduced to like 50 bucks a night. And I was like, I didn't even verbalize this or say Mm -hmm. that. I don't know how they knew this, but I'm so glad that it popped up. (laughs) Yeah, because it just saved you a step. Like I ended up on Wi-Fi Tribe and like traveling as a digital nomad for three years because I got a targeted ad for Wi-Fi Tribe because I was looking at remote year. Mm. I was looking at remote year and I was like, I can't commit to traveling a whole year with a bunch of strangers. Like that is way too long. And then I got an ad for Wi-Fi Tribe and it's like four and six week trips. I was like, done, sold. And like immediately, and when they said, oh, like, how did you find out about us? I was like, I got a really great Instagram ad. And they're like, great, it's working. It's like, oh, you sneaky, sneaky guys. Love to see it. Love yeah, it. no, but that's marketing working in, in your favor as a business owner, right? So like um, figuring out who your competitors are, figuring out who the people that follow your competitors will probably be just as interested in your product. And I don't find that to be shady. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Man, we covered a lot. Is there anything that we didn't touch on? social media stuff no i just think it's important like like i said boundaries is my word of the year especially as a social media manager if we all have boundaries clients won't take advantage of us yeah and it's uh our social media manager who doesn't have boundaries so yeah Catherine lamandry said it best last week on, on the podcast episode she said boundaries is how i give and receive respect mm, i love that and i thought that was a good one Because it's like, that's so true. Because if people know, if like there's this common understanding of like, this is how we're going to relate to one another, then nobody feels like taken advantage of, nobody feels um, slighted or abused or any of those things that can like get into that really yucky side of business. If somebody wants to get started as a social media manager, like they think that this is something that they might want to do, or maybe they're in college and they're like, ooh, I might be interested in this as a career field. Where would you suggest that they start and what kind of skills should they be focusing on right now? Find a club at like your college campus or a nonprofit that you can volunteer for who like, you know, will let you and give you grace to like play around um, mm-hmm. when you'll learn the most. Because I honestly think like doing social media as yourself is just like not the same as doing social media for a brand, and, like working out a strategy that has like deadlines and marketing initiatives. Um what was the second part to your question? Sorry. Uh, what kind of skills would you suggest that someone focus on? Okay. I'm like all pro like analytics, like understand and spend some time learning Facebook, Instagram, social media analytics. I would even recommend getting like Google analytics certified because in this day and age, like so many of our initiatives on social media are to drive traffic back to the website. So if you can understand like what people do once they get to your website, that's really helpful. I think like photography could be an awesome skill, graphic design, journalism. Like my majors were journalism with an emphasis in PR because like, you know, I learned how to write concise or concise, um, like attention grabbing copy and marketing. So then I learned the strategy behind it. So those were like kind of like a perfect blend for me. I'll even throw in their video. Oh, yeah. I know so many people who are just hiring straight up like Reels and TikTok content creators, like and not content creators necessarily, but like, here's a whole library of every interview I've ever done. Can you cut them down for TikTok and for Reels? Like, that's a great skill. So video editing specifically, short form video editing, I think that's a skill set that like, that is hot, hot, hot right now. And you can totally like charge per suite of videos. Like, okay, here's, I'll charge, you know, 400 bucks for 16 videos great. Like I would hire that person in a heartbeat because that is a great use of their time and my money to be able to have that on behalf of my client. Um, especially if you're working with like video that already exists in that capacity. So definitely video. What else? I, I like your suggestion of analytics. 
yeah, I think that that video is still going to, I mean, we've been saying video is huge for social for so long. It's like, we've been saying this for years, but it's just like more and more true. TikTok, Instagram, and what do you think is going to be the next social media? Do you have any speculations of where you think what's going to be the next big platform? Or what is it going to do, maybe? I have no idea. But I don't think it'll come out of nowhere. Okay. I think it'll be something very relative to like what we already have seen going on with like Instagram and TikTok. But I'm like, I'm at peace not knowing. I like don't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'll get hit by that freight train when it comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Learning another platform. Yes. Oh, man. It is kind of wild. I'm about ready to like outsource my dating apps. That's the next thing I'm ready oh, to Oh, that's a good one. That is a I'd good. like to hire a service to run that for me. That sounds like I, a good I think you should have posted about it when you do. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, yeah. We'll see where that goes. I think that could be a, a fun thing. But yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Where, where can everybody find you, work with you? You've got loads of resources on your website, I know. So tell us about what those are and, and how to take advantage of them. Yeah, so my personal Instagram handle is bbooks, B-B-O-O-K-S, and our agency handle is homemade social with an underscore at the end. My biggest tip for you guys is to check out our website um, and subscribe to our newsletter. We just do like a quick monthly, or sorry, weekly nugget with a social media tip or a trick or a trend or something newsworthy. Um, So it will just help you like be a better social media manager. We've got tons of like free downloads, resources, courses. I do consultations if you need some more like one-on-one help. So I hope to see you guys there. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Yeah, it was wonderful. And the podcast episode should be out in a few weeks or so. So I think that sounds all good and dandy. But thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Okay. See y'all. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.